That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Okay, everybody. Today, uh, awesome day, special day. Uh, This is uh, the day of Little House on the Prairie, but we have a very special, special, special guest. And that is Allison Angrim. I hope I pronounced that right, Allison. Oh, you left out an R. Oh, the R. Oh, Arngrim. Is that right? Arngrim. Yeah. Arngrim. Yes. Great start to this podcast, folks. But it's but don't cut that out because this is the this is the, what, what love about your podcast. It's raw, man. It's raw. It's, yeah. If they ever Arngrim. wanted to guess, it's raw. It's an Icelandic name. My father's full name was Torhudler Marvin Arngrimsson. And Iceland is a country that needs to buy a vowel because we put like four consonants in a row and it's confusing. Wow, that is pretty cool. Well, for those of you that may not know, and I thoroughly doubt anyone that knows Little House doesn't know this, but of course, Allison played Nellie Olson, and um, we are just thrilled to have her. We, we, we can't wait. Also, uh, today joining me will be my recurring co-host, Bob Bergen, animation extraordinaire. And then to take it one more layer, we have Mary Lynn Wisner, one of the top voiceover casting directors in the country. So, uh, and I might add a major Little House fan. And uh, we're just thrilled to have everybody. And John, John, before you go any further, I just wanted to add one little layer, which I don't know why we haven't done this in the past. Yes. Yes. Gotta be running down the hill. (laughs) I'm stopping here because I think I have to pay that, but I do. I have to start a question, (laughs) Allison, and it's controversial. Okay, I'm just gonna go right in there. How how freaking cheap was 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 NBC that they would not reshoot that damn opening credit? I mean, those girls were like like five and ten for like nine years, wait a minute, I'm gonna go one step further. Mary goes blind, but she can still see running down that hill. Why can't they? Dude, it gets worse. Jack the dog died. And oh my God, you're right. Melissa Gilbert used to joke about how she should be just pulling him on a rope down the hill. (laughs) He's like, and there's dead Jack the dog. Was that? Just we're too cheap. I mean, even the Brady's redid it every year. Was that just they're too cheap to do it? And, and people loved it. Look how okay, people are imitating it. People are still if you go to France and you're walking through a park with three or more French people and they see a meadow, someone will scream, I am baby carry and run and fall down. <laughs> it couldn't. It was only when like everybody left and they had to read and it became Little House a New Beginning. They redid the credits. Yeah, but they still started with that song and then it kind of built up into a new song. That's what I remember about the the ending. (laughs) With (laughs) Melissa still like nine years old running down the hill, even though the show started with her transitioning from the braids to I'm now an adult. She wasn't an adult. She and I are the same age. She was not an adult. It's the wedding episode. She's like marrying Almanzo, and then she's running down a hill, and she's right. <laughs> how old, well, how old they, was they she when she got that first kiss? They did get married young in those days. Yeah, they how old was Almanzo, the real Almanzo Wilder, and the real Laura Ingalls were ten years apart. They did start courting when she was super young, uh, but they got married. She was eighteen when they got married. 
Um, but he was like, you know, 28. They met, he saved the town from starving. There was a whole thing with the long winter and there was no food. Yeah, the seeds, he brought the, he got the seeds there. There, see, Almanzo yeah. and Cap went and got the wheat seed so everybody didn't die. So he was really popular. Um, he asked her to like, can I walk you home from church? And really like super goody two-shoes chase stuff and drove her back in the sled from her teaching gig. And she wouldn't really give him the time of day. It was totally like, she even told him, if you really want to come here and keep driving me home, just understand nothing's going to happen. I'm not interested in you at all. And I don't wish to court you. So you don't have to drive out all this way and drive me home in the snow. And of course he kept showing up. Um, so that was the real life of it. And then after years of this and her parents totally approved, they thought Almanza was great. Her mom was the one who was worried. Like she's like 15, but Paul was like, yeah, but it's Almanza Wilder. Um, Why did they mispronounce the name in the show? Almanza. Yes, we are idiots because we are idiots. Oh. Um, we did uh, <laughs> California. We, we threw Lucy Lee flipping under the bus and blame her. Uh, the woman who played Eliza Jane because she says his name like first and she said Almanzo and we all went oh Almanzo because we're always in now and like all the historians wow. and people are like it's Almanzo okay Manly Almanzo man hi what he's not all he'd be Monty not Almanzo you idiots but we <laughs> Allison I have a question I, I'm curious about I'm sure every one of us is going to have our own little thing the one that I want to know is when you auditioned, I understand that you auditioned for all of the, the I, I guess all the girls, except maybe the, the, the role the twins took. But, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> but did you, uh, what, do you remember that audition? Do you remember what you did that you kind of feel like, oh, that, that lit it, that did it? Oh yeah, because I was hired on the spot. It was like, nailed it. Um, what happened is, is I actually came in really early when they first said like, you came in and you just met with the producer and they said, we're making a show about these books and had the books on the table. And I hadn't read the book. So I was like, okay, not getting this one. And um, then like months, months, months later, I got called in and I read for the part of Laura and I read for the part of Mary and I knew I was wrong for them. I was a kid and I was like, oh, please. I'm so not this person, <laughs> not a country girl. And then they made the pilot and Melissa Gilbert, and Melissa Sue Anderson, who nailed it. And then they said, oh, come back. There's another part you have to come read. I'm like, what? But they were making the show with the townspeople. And I'm like, how many people are in this? Because I, again, idiot, I didn't read the books. Yeah, so right. I have no idea that there's a Nellie Olson or what that. So I get there and I'm looking at the sides and my father's sitting with him, 12. And I said, this isn't normal. This, she's awful. I said, this girl's a, she's a bitch. Yeah, and my father, yeah. what, 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 what? And I start reading it for him and he's dying of laughter. He's cracking up going, oh my God, she, she is, she's a bitch. He says, okay, <laughs> Don't, don't rehearse it. Don't, don't read it again. Put the pages down. Don't look at them. He says, you go in and just read it like that. Just read it like that. Touch it. I'm like, okay. He's like, don't move. Don't breathe. And I went in and it was Michael Landon and Kent McRae and Ed Farley. And I read the thing and exactly. And they went nuts. They were laughing. These grown men are like elbowing each other in the ribs and like crying with laughter. And they said, could you do it again? I said, oh, of course. You know, what do you want me to change? Good little trained child actress. Yeah. And about the house again and it was the my home speech which is in country girls that first episode when uh -huh. we do mary lynn knows when we did the essays at school and you and have more, to do country girls country girls yeah <laughs> country laura's faked hers because she can't really write yet so she just makes up this whole story about how she loves her mom and clearly did not write it um and i get up and discuss how much everything in the house cost 
And I get up and explain, we had real lace curtains on all the windows, but the line that killed them, and which is, I swear is why I got up. And we have three sets of dishes, one for every day, one for Sunday, and one for when someone very special and important comes to visit, which we have never even used yet. Because <laughs> oh. you live in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, and the right. Queen of England isn't coming over, Ben. Nobody's coming, yeah. Right, nobody's coming. You don't know anyone. And the thing is, not not every 12-year-old got the joke that she was oblivious and like doing this, saying this. But I went, oh, this is funny. This is the funny stuff. And I played that. And they were like, wait, she like figured that out. She like played, she got the comedy in the scene. She's like a total bitch child from wow. hell. She's doing everything all at the same time. It's perfect. And I was, um, that was it. By the time we got home from the audition, the agent was on, that was, I was hired. That's awesome. What a great story. God, yeah. no kidding. Mary Lynn, I know you're chomping at the bit. Come on. What do you Go want on. to know? Go for it. <laughs> Wilson's brain. Yes. Not, I mean, I, I just. I'm here. I, I'm here. Ask me anything. <laughs> I, oh, by the, way, by the way, Mary Lynn, you know, the, the, the thing that we all have in common is that Allison's mother was the voice of Casper the Friendly Ghost and Sweet Polly Pure, but she was a huge cartoon voice actress. Really? This is mommy. This, oh, this wow. is mom. This is mother. I have the glass. This, wow. is, this is also mother. This is this. This, this is mom. Gumby. And, Your and, mom was the voice of Gumby. And and and, 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 and asked, let's go outside and pray. The lion. Wait, what's your mom's name? Norma Macmillan. She 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 died in two thousand and uh, uh, one, and my mother was the voice of she was Gumby. And then when Prickle Prickle and Goo Prickle and Goo showed up, she was Goo, and uh, she was of course Davey, and of course Davy's mother, Davy's sister, and all the children. So it was like her. The guy is um, Goliath, and the pastor and the fireman and the policeman, and she's Davy and Davy's mom, Davy's sister, and everybody. And she was Casper and um, uh, Wendy the Wendy the witch and spooky and all oh the high gosh i did not know that wow that just sister goo all the high voices because there's a casper album do you know there's a casper album and it's out on itunes and on cd now it was made in the 60s and it's my mom and a guy who was wow. like the ghost trio and it's a cast of thousands it's a musical it's an extravaganza and it's just my mother and this guy doing like all did that yeah. did that influence you as an act to to be an actress well, it all did. I mean, my whole family were in show business. My parents met in the theater. They founded the Totem Theater in Canada. And then they were in radio in Toronto. And then uh, they went to New York. My father was on Broadway and my mother was a huge. Okay, my mother's big break, her claim to fame, which allowed her to be in everything, was yeah. the first family album. Oh my God. Oh, oh wow. Her and JFK. First what, comedy album ever. Okay, seated president Vaughn Meter is JFK, and it's that album cover where they're all standing in front of the fake pretend White House photoshopped where they're all standing in front of the White House. The little girl Caroline, uh, and also the voice of John John. And then the picture, there's this young lady with a little bonnet, like holding a balloon. Oh wow! That is wow! I, I have that She's like forty. She's like forty when she did that album. So she's standing there in knee socks and a mini skirt and a balloon. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, she's like about 19, right? She's at this 40 years old. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Ama wow, so it's in your genes. Good for you. I do have a question. Um, yes. 
they, they, Michael Landon was kind of very well known for bringing in family members and, and uh, you know, God, yes. they might have played like a kid in, you know, one episode and then five years later, they're like a totally different character. Did you, did your, any of your family ever appear on the show? No, I think my mother may have auditioned for a guest character once. That was as close as we got. I think she came in to read for one of the old ladies. They should have hired her. But she did not. But everybody, everyone on the show was related to someone. In fact, one of my like, you know, stump the audience questions, we do like Q&A and when we've had like games or trivia is how name all the people who are related to each other on Little House (laughs) on the Prairie. Because it's really hard. Can you? Can can Mary? Well, I I know that Melissa, Melissa, Jonathan Gilbert. And Jonathan Gilbert. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Leslie Landon and uh, his his son Michael Landon Jr. were were on. Jr. had very like small parts, but Leslie yeah. became Anna Plum, the teacher. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Leo Penn and Sean Penn. Their dad directed. Yeah, go there. He directed. Sean Penn was an extra. His dad was directing, and Sean Penn came in as an extra. And then I think his mom was on something in that in episode two. But you had yeah. the baby Gary twins, the baby Grace twins, the baby right. right. Of course, yeah. Twins. Benny and Jenny, right there, it's just the twins. Then you had Melissa and Jonathan Gilbert. You had Matt and Pat Laberto. You right. had right. his daughter. And then Rodimus uh, Para, who's John Jr. When when Mr. Edwards and the postmistress adopt those poor children. Patricia Neal comes on the show for a two-parter and dies. At her t- yeah, that the oldest boy, his mom, Lisa Para, was on like two episodes. Oh, so it, did you work with Patricia like, Neal? John Penn. Hmm? Did you work with Patricia Neal? I did. Patricia Neal, oh my God. Actually, I technically worked with her twice. Um, she did the Little House episode, the big two-parter, where uh, she she dies and her three children, she's talking about, she knows she's dying and is talking about finding them a home and Mr. Edwards winds up marrying the postmistress. It's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> what was um, she like? What was she like as a, you know, uh, I guess on set? Because I, I, I've always admired her. I mean, that's going back to like, I think she was in, was it HUD? Oh, yes. Paul Newman, I mean, genius. Yeah. she had yeah. that voice. She had such a voice. That deep voice. I worked with her again because Mary McDonough, who was Aaron on the Waltons, yes, yeah. the Walton Prairie yeah. crossover thing, she made a movie called For the Love of May, where, um, uh, oh my God, everybody was in it. RuPaul was in it. Alexandra Paul was in it. I played the evil boss, and she got both Michael Learned and, um, uh, Patricia Neal. Patricia Neal played the grandmother. Michael, okay, my, it's just, Alexander Paul played the part that was technically like the Mary McDonough character mm-hmm. her life. It was a little bit autobiographical. And RuPaul was her best friend, and I was her evil boss. And then Michael Lerner played the mom, and then Patricia Neal played the grandmother. And it was, so I got to work with her twice. Um, she was amazing. Patricia Neal, you know, she had had the stroke, and she had mm-hmm. had to learn to walk and talk and literally do everything all over again. She had been completely incapacitated. So when she was doing Little House, she was still, you know, she was making sure she would play memory games. Um, She would ask all of, all of us kids, her dressing room door was open. We would hang out in her room. So all of us kids are hanging out in her room and she would say, now what's your name, dear? And I'm Allison. When is your birthday? January 18th. Oh, Cary Grant. That's right next to Cary Grant's birthday. And then she'd ask them, well, when, when's your day? And she'd pick a celebrity. Oh, yes, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is the same day as you. And wow. she'd go around. Then like two days later, she'd say, and you're, yes, you're Joey, and you have the same birthday as Jimmy Stewart. Oh, that's yes. Interesting. Interesting. Herself. She would do this all day. We thought it was a hoop, but I, I figured it out. It was a little bit, 
oh my God, she's doing this. She's training her memory every day. And then when she did her huge monologue in the church where she says, you know, my children are dying. She explains the whole thing. She's dying. My children need a home. She had this, they had a big old teleprompter because they said, it's pages and we understand, ma'am, you know, we have the teleprompter. And she said, well, yeah, okay. You just have it up. Fine. She never knew. <laughs> she didn't look at that thing once. She was good wow. to go. Wow. Wow. Were you guys ever allowed to um were you ever allowed to do any kind of improv or ad libbing on the show? Once it normally no, but if you did something and it was funny, <laughs> then it's like, yes, that stays in. The biggest ad libber who got away with it was Jonathan Gilbert, who played Willie. It was a genius. Um wow. Okay, because he did things on instinct that were right. Because it, also Jonathan Gilbert was crazy. He never read the scripts. That was the thing. Jonathan wouldn't read the script. Um, wow. when he was really little, he couldn't read. His mother would go over his lines with him. And then he learned to read and he still wouldn't read them. And Melissa was like, why aren't you reading the script? And, and kept asking her things. Go, I'm not helping you go read the script. So he would come to me and ask me like, what's happening? I'm like, why, why? And he said, I, I want to be surprised when I see it on television. Wow. Oh, wow. That was sincere. That was just pure sincere. And he knew his lines, knew his lines, but so we're doing the scene where I'm smashing the dollhouse and, and Marilyn knows this. It's, it's a bunny when I freak out and I smash yeah, the bunny, the, the horse. I'll get you, Lord. I hate you. I hate you. I smash the dollhouse. And Willie comes in and freaks out and says, why are you smashing? And he says, give it to me. And I'm like, it's girls. To, I'll sell it. And we have this whole argument. And then I go, get out. And he stares me. I say, get out. I raise the brush and he's gone. He just splits. He had another line there. Originally, there was some <laughs> other line. And he just saw me raise the brush, went, no, and ran. <laughs> and then, you know, cut, print, okay, fine. And then continuity, did old Mary Yerkes with the script, and she's going, no, wait, 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 he has another line. And Michael stopped and looked at Jonathan and looked at her, and he said, what, what's the line? And she said, as he says this. And he thought about it for a second. He looked and goes, if I saw her coming at me with that hairbrush, I wouldn't wait around and say that line. Right. I'd leave. I would run for my life. I think he's right. Strike it. And that and they that was it. Wow. And then he added something. We're doing some Halloween thing. And he said something out of the blue. And they cut and again gone and he's like, wait, 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 what? What? <laughs> That's not in there. And again, Michael goes, wait, what? And he looks at the thing and then he looks at John and he looks at the script. And goes, I like it. Write it in. And <laughs> wow. so if you were allowed, there were certain things you say, can I, can I do sure? And there are big the big one was, let's try one. We'd go in, he'd sort of set up the blocking sort of slightly. And then we'd go, well, let's try one. And we'd have a rehearsal, we'd just go for it. And we sometimes it would shoot the rehearsal kind of thing. So let's try one. And we'd do it. And if you didn't like it, he'd say, no, 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 it doesn't work. Because if you come in from over there, you're going to go all the way around the table. And it's like weird. So you should be over here. Or he'd go, you know, I changed my mind. I think we should shoot it. We should be over here. And um, my favorite one, the wolves. You have wolves in your barn. And he went, yes really working for me how many jawbreakers can you fit in your mouth and still talk i don't know and he gets you two okay one, two, three you know four okay four you can't do five okay and so four jawbreakers he says let's shoot it again you a wolf in the barn he's like perfect <laughs> that's what it needed um so he would play with things he'd say let's try one if it worked it worked if it didn't yeah yeah how about if we do this so but if you in the first thing tried one and he went yep that's exactly what i wanted yeah okay great let's shoot it and wasn't he, didn't he also, I mean, I understand, I mean, I did quite a bit of research on, on the show and I understand that he was also, not just you and Melissa, but I understand that Michael Landon 
was also involved in like prankster activities. Oh, he no, was he, known, he was known for that. Like, wasn't yeah. he like the, the mate, like kind of the guy that started the whole thing of, you know, like uh, pranking your co-stars and all kinds of well, things. He was the leader. No, he was the leader. He was the prankster. Wow. He barely could keep up. I mean, sure, Melissa put a little bit of, you know, a saran wrap over a couple of toilet seats, but it was, you know, he was <laughs> just a great figure in the saran wrap the toilet seat. It brings back uh, some wonderful memories. You, you take the seat, you take the lid in the seat. No, I know. <laughs> very, it has to be very smooth, and then you put it in. Um, so, you know, he was the king of the pranks. He was a maniac. He loved creating outtakes for his collection. Um, Bunny, when I'm lying there with the blood trickling out of my nose, trying to be unconscious, and suddenly I'm like, there's no one saying cut, no one is saying cut. And I'm just like, why, why here? <laughs> and then I feel this sensation, and it's Michael sticking his finger up my nose. So, yeah. he oh. and he says, "No, he was nuts. He was the one <laughs> who spared no expense and stopped <laughs> Like I have an idea. He no, he was the prankster. He was the wild one. And he and Matt Laberto, who's um Albert, they the two of them got into a can you top this prank thing? <laughs> oh, it got like really nutty." It got really crazy with like people writing weird messages on people's mirrors and lipstick and stuff. Like, you know, it got a little dark. Wow. Like if you did it today, that like, human resources in the union would be called. It would be like, you can't do that. Yeah, not, not a chance. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you a question. I, can, can I ask a question, John? You can always ask a question, go. So I, I told Bob this story. Um, so, you know, yeah, totally obsessed as a kid watching Little House and I, I grew up with three brothers. And so of course they could care less. And as soon as it would come on, they would just bolt. And my mother wasn't interested, but my dad, you know, my dad used to like to watch TV with me. So cool. we would always cry together because every episode you cry about something. And so then it was, um, you know, my, and we fascinated by the fact that they would cry you know that Michael Landon could always cry and it was years later um my dad called me and I told this story at my my dad's funeral actually um at, at uh my dad called me and he said Mary Lynn he goes I found out how Michael Landon cries he was able to cry on cue all the time he was on Carson and he said if he had to cry he would just pick a nose hair and then that would make him cry and so my dad said, next time we, I see you, let's try it. And so my dad and I did it. And we, of course, we both cheered up. So, um, you know, it was just a great little thing my dad and I had. And so I always wondered, was that something he did to, to, um, to force the crying with you guys? I didn't, I, I didn't see him pull a nose hair. And he could, he could, you know, ratchet it up. He could, he could cry. But yeah, if you were in a hurry for tears, he had all the tricks. And <laughs> We would cheat on the show. We were on a tight schedule. If someone didn't cry quick enough, get the glycerin. You know, we do the glycerin. Oh, they had yeah. the ammonia capsule. <sighs> you know, they, they were like, whatever. Just just get on with it, do it. If you're crying, you're crying. You're not crying, we'll make you cry. But he <laughs> watched closely his crying scenes. He had a little tiny baby spot, little pin light focused right here on his chin. Go watch for it next time he's crying. Oh, wow. So when he starts to go... And his chin and lower lips start to tremble. He's got, he's got a spotlight on it. And to enhance the trembling of his chin and oh lower lips. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. That is amazing. And people would watch it. And the music, David Rose, <laughs> David Rose, our composer, would swell. And that pin light would go on. And his would not cry. Everyone would go, oh, 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 o
I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I love that. I what, wish what I about, hey, what about the one? I'm sure you've answered this a million times too, but he always has his shirt off. I mean, I mean, Come on, constant. Well, if you looked like that, you would too. I mean, I what? Guess. he looked amazing. He looked amazing. And he had that hair. And oh. our, ratings, our ratings, our largest demographic, because they kept track of all the Democratic, the, the dem demographics and the TVQ. And our largest demographic was women 40 plus. <laughs> he, he knew when he did this, because they offered him other shows. They were like, why do you want to do Little House on the Prairie? It could be like, you know, you'd like Baywatch kind of thing. Ooh, I want to do Little House on the Prairie. He knew that all mm -hmm. these women who watched Bonanza who were in love with Little Joe were kind of following him over. And he knew that that same group of women, that same age group, all grew up reading Little House books. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, very smart guy. So I always joke about the fact that Pa only ever breaks his ribs. Never a leg. Never <laughs> Doesn't matter where the buggy hit him. Oh, he breaks the ribs, and then Doc Baker comes over, and the shirt comes up, and the eighth bandage. Um, <laughs> and the pecs go all the way up to his chin. Oh, and that's so funny. Like a little little trickle of sweat right here. Yeah, yeah. He knew. He knew. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I joke about all the time. I go, yeah. He's like, wait, the ratings are down. Hang on, wait. Oh, someone <laughs> in Kansas. Oh, uh, the the glistening uh, broken ribs. That always watch. He never breaks anything. When does Paul hurt himself any other way? But he breaks his ribs, and that <laughs> is off. <laughs> and it, he knew he he was the most shirtless guy. I mean, in the 1800s, the reality is that even when it was hot. People were generally more modest, and the idea was you tried to keep your clothes on as much yeah. as humanly possible. <laughs> and stripping to the waist every five seconds was just not normal. Also, if you may want to watch closely when Pa is like running, you know, down a hill, he's not wearing any underwear. Oh, <laughs> oh, slow mo that DVD. Okay. Is that not a stitch? Wow, bit. inside yeah. scoop! I never noticed that. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Well, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. And so in his day-to-day -day life, he was wearing the tight jeans and no underwear and the puka shells and the gold chains and the open shirt. I mean, this is where we were all doing. Right. And then he knew women were tuning in to adore Paul. And so well, we Paul, now have to check to see if the house really is little or not. Clean show, clean podcast. Can we just say I have no idea why he was ever called Little Joe? Right. <laughs> um, so I have a t I have a technical question. This sure. just kind of ties into the voiceover theme here because Little House is one of the most ADR'd shows that because he shot outdoors. Now some of the cast were great at it. Melissa was great at it, but when I would see a scene with Melissa and Karen outside the house and hear Melissa going "Hi, Ma," and Karen, who's a brilliant actress, you hear her going "Hi, Laura, where's your father?" Her ADR skills were not the best. We didn't even call it ADR then. It was looping. Oh, it's still looping. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Primitive, primitive stages. This was this was 10 million BC. And yeah. and you know, I talk about how we shot Little House and, and when I'm talking with filmmakers, and I feel like I'm Mary Pickford discussing <laughs> after this is the 70s. It's like every hand crank. Um, so we would go into the studio and absolutely because when we shot indoors, whoop-de-doo at Paramount or MGM, it was great. But we shot so much in Simi Valley, or we'd go on location to Northern California near Sonora, we'd go out to the desert and you could, and it was lap those birds, those big like scrub jays, you get out there and see me, it's like ah! And you're trying to, they would like land on the boom and go, rah, rah, rah. 
Um, and then wow. not as many airplanes as you have now, but you'd be all standing there and the sound guy go, plane, and we go, oh, hold the plane. Oh, then I got hold for bird. And I mean, this, <laughs> so, what you, wait, wait, isn't that what an ad lib paw? What's that? Yeah, I have <laughs> And then the stair, the, the church stairs, the school stairs, the heavy wooden stairs, clumpity, 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 walking. You could, if you were talking while people were walking up the stairs, you couldn't hear anything. So we, it was a noise fest. So we'd shoot and then you get the call, you're going to be looping. And I'd be like, yeah, I remember that one. I should be looping for about two days straight, I think. Oh, and you wow. go in and some episodes would be like five lines and other episodes. It's like, I'm like, guys, this is the entire script. And they're like, yeah, tell us about it. And we go in the thing and only, gosh, I think maybe twice in seven years, they actually like ran the footage and matched. And that was some of that was for like wild lines, screaming. But 90% of the time, it was the classic, hold this to your ear. Mm -hmm. Beep. Beep, beep. My mother said, you made me a horse. And in the middle of it, I hear like squawk <laughs> with the bird going, wow. ah, okay. And then, and so I, I got good at it. It's like, at first I was like, how do I even do this? And they didn't show you the footage when you were doing that? No. No. Wow. Maybe, like I said, maybe twice there was something where they said, we're going to show you this footage because we really haven't the slightest idea what the hell you even said here. So could you look at this? And they're wow. like, oh. And then That's one thing. Amazing. Good for you. This is wild line. You guys are splashing in the river and you said something. You're like yelling stuff. Can you just yeah, fill that in? But 99% of the time, we should hope, beep, beep, beep. My mother says she's going to buy me a horse. <gasps> beep, beep, beep. My mother says she's going to And I would try to mimic as best I could to make it identical to whatever the heck I did. Wow. I think it was difficult for Karen. Karen was a very classically trained yes. method actress. So she worked very much off emotion and acting. Mm -hmm. So for someone who's doing that, and a lot of the people who were stage actors who came in to do this incredibly artificial alien thing, I got to hold a thing to my ear and just repeat the line and like mimic myself. That's not acting. What am I even doing? This is, and I don't have the other actor. Nobody's saying, giving me the yeah, cue. Uh, and and also very months, voice, months yeah. after you film it, months after months, you film it. Yeah. Right. And the other actors, you're in a darkened room with some guys in sweats and baseball caps. It's like, what? Um, in fact, there was a Matt Laberto loves ADR and dubbing things and voiceover so much when he got into it and he said, it's great. I, I work, but I don't get recognized in the street. Hey, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button in the corner of the video so that you don't miss any of our future YouTube podcasts. Also, follow us on iTunes and Spotify and leave us a review.